0: Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Sassy Bass Podcast. Come discover freshwater fishing in the upstate of South Carolina with Jesse and Joe. Here we go. What is up, Sassy Bassers? Welcome to the second episode of the Sassy Bass Podcast. We are so glad you guys are listening today. It's Jesse. I'm with my buddy, Joe. And man, we're so excited to be doing the second episode. So, before we jump into this episode, um, we just want to thank you guys so much for um, listening to the first episode, man. We were so blown away by the support and um, by the listeners. And we just thank you so much, guys, for just your um, encouragement. Um, And, to just let you guys just remind you, you can subscribe to Sassy underscore Bass on YouTube. Some content is coming soon to the YouTube page. Um, Apple Podcasts is a Sassy Bass podcast. Um, anchor.fm is also the Sassy Bass podcast and Spotify a little bit different. It's the Sassy Bass podcast, but no space between Sassy Bass. But man, just guys, just keep listening and give us some support and uh, give us some ratings on the Apple podcast and Spotify it helps us so much when you guys do that. Before we jump into the episode again, we just want to say happy July 4th. Um, just be careful this weekend there. Are, Joe, it seems like there's always a story come out of Hartwell or Keyway where someone's gotten drunk and drowned is every year, every year. Um, We can't stress enough, like guys, wear kill switches. I'm bad about not doing that, but wear kill switches. Have enough life jackets in the boat. Have fire extinguisher, all your equipment you guys need. Um, Have fishing licenses. Just be ethical out there this weekend. And we're going to go ahead too and take about a 10 second moment of silence um, for all our veterans who have served. So we're going to take a moment of silence. Yeah, we just want to just uh, thank all the veterans and those who have served the United States of America. We are so thankful for your sacrifice and just um, that we have the freedom because of you guys to be able to do the things we love to do, like fishing. Um, So God bless all the veterans out there that have um, just protected us and fought for our freedom. All right, so this week's episode, we are talking about Lake Hartwell, the biggest lake in the southeast. Um, deepest point of it's 185 feet, guys. This is a big lake. It has hosted three of the last 10 Bassmaster Classics, very popular lake. And what's awesome is that Joe actually got to go fishing last Thursday at Lake Hartwell, and I'm going to turn it over to Joe to kind of tell us what that experience was like and what the bite was like. Joe, how was it? So I got on
1: the water at around 515. I figured figured that was early enough um, to try to get some topwater fish. And, of course, I was going for largemouth and spotted bass. And it seemed like the only fish that were blowing up were hybrid striped bass, um, and I could not get any of those to bite. So I ended up not catching any on top water in the morning. Um, it actually took me about an hour and a half to get my first fish. So um, the top water bite on when was it on Thursday was not that good for me. Um, So the way I caught my first fish was actually a Ned Rig. Um, I was fishing a shallow, a really shallow Rocky Point, um, about a five-minute boat drive from Green Pond Landing, and uh, I was using a bluegill-colored Ned Rig, uh, and I caught a 1.2-pound largemouth.
0: Longer. Yeah,
1: massive. (laughs) Um, And actually, like a minute before, Actually, not even a minute before um, I caught that fish. I had seen like a four and a half pounder swimming along the bank, and I was not able to catch that fish, unfortunately. But uh, I actually sight fished the fish I caught on a on a Ned Rig, but um, it was in like two feet of water, and it was about probably three feet away from me in the boat. It was about three feet away from me. I don't know what he was doing, but... Literally the first drop. I dropped it right in front of his face, and he just slammed it.
0: Is that the one you have a video of?
1: I do have a video. Of I it. think
0: yeah, you showed me that. that was guys. That video is freaking sick.
1: <laughs> and also, about thirty seconds before I had caught that fish, I had a a spook tied on, and I had I'd seen like a three foot gar swim along the bank, and I tossed the spook right to it, and he slammed it, but he he didn't get hooked. So of course, but it's all good. I'm not too weird about Gar. Um, so that's not really, yeah, that's not the target species. So, um, but on Hartwell on Thursday, I ended up catching seven bass. I think I caught two or three largemouth and the rest were spots. Um, and the biggest one I caught was that my first fish in the morning was 1.2 pounds. So, um, but the biggest fish, the biggest two fish I caught were largemouth, obviously. Um, did catch some chunk spots on the Ned rigs and drop shots, but, um, man, it was pretty fun being out there. Um, it was a beautiful day out. It, it wasn't extremely hot like it has been. Um, and it didn't rain when I was out there. So that was a blessing. Um, but it was, it was a beautiful day and I was super excited that I got to go. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, what else do you want to talk about?
0: Yeah. So Appreciate all that information, Joe. And it seems like um, we actually went out to Lake Lyman, what was it, last Monday? Yeah. yeah. And we fished for a little while. We actually fished for like 12 hours, which is ridiculous, I know. Um, and we struggled. Um, we eventually found a little bit of a pattern in the grass. And uh, I called him our Ned Rig, Joe and the drop shot. Um, we kind of found a little bit of a pattern. But, man, it's just – the the bite just seems tough for us lately. We were really struggling. Since, uh, since our big uh, – that big night we had in like late April, since that, man, that was like our – best night ever, but since then we've kind of struggled. But um yeah, we'll dive into Lake Hartwell. Um so the interesting thing about Lake Hartwell to me is that this lake is the biggest in the southeast. Guys, this lake covers fifty six thousand acres and has nine hundred and sixty two miles of shoreline. To put this in perspective, if you started driving from Greenville, South Carolina today, nine hundred and sixty two miles would end you up would you would end up in Topeka, Kansas. That is, just to put that in perspective, how much shoreline Lake Hartwell has, it's ridiculous. Um, Like I already said, the deepest depth is 185 feet near the dam. So it's a pretty deep lake at its deepest point. Built in 1962, so super old lake. So what is that, 60 years? Yeah, 60. It's a 60-year-old lake. So you can imagine how big the fish can be in there. Um, And the, the, the neat thing about Lake Hartwell is that it's hosted three of the last 10 Bassmaster Classics. It just hosted the 2022, but yet it still seems like a lake that just nationally just isn't popular. Like, you go on YouTube, and I see Brian Latimer fishing it. I see Scott Martin fishing it. And you've got a few videos of the classic, but that's it. It's crazy. Like, you type in Lake Okeechobee, I mean, you're going to have content for days on that lake. But Hartwell, Lake doesn't have anything, which is super weird to me, considering it's a giant lake. It's a great fishery. Um, but, yeah, and so the fun facts about the lake, there's actually a town that is under the lake. It was the town of Andersonville. And there's still a 400-acre island in the middle of uh, Lake Hartwell called Andersonville Island. And uh, actually, it still has um, some remnants of the town. And there's an island um, that the old Harrisburg plantation used to be on. This is actually kind of creepy, Joe. There's still graveyards on the island that, is creepy. that uh, you can see, which is really gross. Um, yeah, so the makeup of Lake Hartwell is kind of like there's not a lot of vegetation, super rocky lake, clear water, um, tons of bridges to fish. There are blowdowns, uh, and the biggest thing about this lake, guys, is the DNR does it. They put out cane piles. So these ginormous cane piles get sunk. They're like ba- in like bamboo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. yeah, and they sink them because they're like 25 feet tall, right? Some of them are even taller. I've seen
1: some that are in like 75 or 80 feet of water and come up um, about 20
0: feet below the surface. Oh, my gosh. So what a lot of guys will do is, is these fish— they stack up on this cane pile because it's structured and there's bait fish there, so they eating the bait fish but they'll go over these cane piles and throw topwater all day well like the blueback herring are over them and stuff they'll, they'll fish topwater it's a huge thing to do in Lake Hartwell um that's a little bit about the lake but I've I've only fished Lake Hartwell I've lived in the upstate for gosh I guess 14 15 years now um and I've only fished it five or six times Joe's fished it a lot more than I have um and we, the last time we went out together on Lake Hartwell was, was it last summer? I think so. Yeah. And Joe caught nine fish to my two. Um, he beat the crap out of me like he usually goes. But I remember specifically Joe threw top water all day long and finished the day with a four and a half pounder, which was freaking awesome. Yeah.
1: It was like
0: 2.30 or 3
1: uh, in the afternoon. And I was throwing a spook down this rocky bank and i i don't know i wasn't really expecting to catch anything but if i was going to i would want to catch it on top water so that's the only reason i was throwing that and then i ended up catching that four and a half pounder and that was awesome
0: and i think that day i just i fished a ton of finette i think i caught my three fish on top water actually no i caught two on top water and one on a crankbait which for me is rare because guys i don't crankbait fish (laughs) i i should definitely do it more often but i suck at it um so lake hartwell it's such a huge lake like i said but it still just confuses me that there's this huge disconnect between like the classic which is arguably the biggest tournament in the bass fishing world now mlf's getting popular but still the bassmaster classics like the super bowl of bass fishing i would argue and lake hartwell hosts it but yet like you still don't see anybody really talk about the lake like lake Fork, like for example lake fork that lake gets tons of pressure gets tons of exposure on youtube I mean, social media, guys are always fishing Lake Fork. But, yeah, like you'd think like Hartwell would get some more attention, right, Joe? Like, yeah,
1: I think the thing about Hartwell is that it's, in my opinion, it's a lot more difficult to go out there and catch big fish um, than it is at Lake Fork. Like, Lake Fork has mega schools. Like, there's – you can just go offshore and catch 10-pounders. Like, if you hire a guide, they'll take you there. You can catch 10-pounders all day. Um, but Hartwell, it's the – because it's so deep there are spots where you you'll go from like you'll be in a cove and you go to the back and it's like five feet deep and then at the mouth of the cove it's like literally 80 or 90 feet
0: right
1: it's the the difference is insane and i think a lot of people haven't really like uh studied that much i think that's why not a lot of people go there and have like tons of success like you don't get mega bags out of lake hartwell like at the classic um Jason Christie was getting like 15 pounds bass a day. I've
0: actually got it pulled up here. He he won it with 54 pounds, which is interesting because did Lee Levesy in Lake Fort in that elite uh, series event, didn't he win with like 103 pounds? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was like 113 pounds. 113, which is insane. But yeah, compare that. That's a good point you made. Compare it to his, his 54 pounds. And I actually went on YouTube, guys, and I watched some footage from the top four anglers from that tournament, which was uh, Jason Christie, number one, Kyle Welcher finished second, uh, Stetson Blaylock finished third, and Justin Hammer finished fourth, and I was watching those guys fish, um, and it was super neat to hear Jason Christie talk about his strategy, because what he did was, is, is basically his, his last few days there, he, he fished coves, and he was he was dock fishing, um, and he, he threw two different baits. He was pitching a, uh, a heavy jig and a half-ounce green jig with a, a green crawler. But then he was fishing this prototype, and I want to say it was a prototype yum bait is what I read. Yeah, and it was a, some kind of – it, it looked like a fluke, basically. Um, and he was fishing on a three sixteenth out jig, jig head, and he was just pitching it in and letting it sink. And, man, he was tearing up the fish. But it was super cool um, to just – to watch. I don't know. It's always just neat, like, for example, like when a big football team – like when the Panthers come to Walford Stadium to practice, it's just cool because it's close to your hometown – but, like, it's just neat to see these these major bass fishermen that we follow and love come to, like, Hartwell. But what I love about, I guess, like, Hartwell is to your point, Joe, is that you see a lake like Lake Fort and guys are catching 113 pounds. You're like, man, because they got flooded timber, a lot of vegetation so different than Hartwell. Hartwell has no grass. Like, I, I have yet to see any grass on Hartwell. It might be somewhere, but I have yet to see it. And so it's really, I love watching guys who are really good at bass fishing come to a lake like that and struggle. I think it's really good for the sport, and I think it, like, I don't know. It just shows that we as bass fishermen can't really always fool the fish, if that makes any sense.
1: Yes, and the thing about the Hartwell fish is that there are so many, like, because it's the biggest lake down here, it it's so pressured. There are so many people that come to Lake Hartwell every day. Yeah. Um. Even when I, like, I took the day off on Thursday and I went, and there were still eight or nine boats there which you know middle of the week or near the end of the week people probably won't be there um, like as they will as much as they will on Friday or Saturday yeah. but even on a Thursday having people there you know right. it, it's every day there's going to be people fishing that lake and fishing it hard right
0: so yeah and the thing about Lake Hartwell that intimidates me as an angler is that, because so, guys, growing up, I I did, I did not fish clear water. So where I'm from in North Carolina, like I said last week, Lake Tillery, it's not a clear water lake. It's a muddy river that's been dammed up, and I and Lake Lyman is it's ish but not really clear still. And so I remember the first time I ever fished Hartwell, my dad and I went when I was in middle school, and we didn't know what we were doing. We were just crabby fishing, but and we didn't catch a dang thing. But even when I went with Joe last summer, I felt so intimidated because. Man, when when you can see bass, for me there's just something about that that just like it gets your blood pumping, but it's also demoralizing because most of the time you're gonna see a bass and it's gonna look at your lure and swim away.
1: Yeah. And they they like, saw you five minutes ago.
0: Right. And that, and that's what's crazy. I had to get used to that of the fact, cause like usually when I'm pulling into a cove, I could care less. Like I my brain's not thinking, okay, fish can see me. But like jocassi Q and Hartwell, especially Jocassi, but Hartwell too. Yeah, but you pull in a cove and all of a sudden you spook like five you see them swim right by your boat out of the cove and you're like, crap, they were like two or three five pounders, and I just spooked them off. Dude, speaking of that,
1: when I was there on Thursday, it was around eleven o'clock and I went in the very back of a cove and I'll, dude, there I was throwing the wrong it was like the worst the worst timing ever. I think I was throwing a spook um for some reason. Um I, I guess I just wanted topwater fish, but there was a school. It was like a wolf pack of two to three to four pound bass. And there was like 20 of them. And I, I threw the spook down and I got a an net rig and I threw it in there as fast as I could. And one of them nosed right up to it and swam off. Ugh. It was, it was terrible, but it was, it was also cool to see that, you know, you don't, in Hartwell, you don't really see that many wolf packs and if they are it's usually spotted bass right. but these were all largemouth wow so i thought that was pretty cool
0: and i will say this too the first time i'd ever witnessed fish schooling was with joe last year at the bridge um near green pond landing on hartwell you guys will know where that's at um some of the listeners will but i'd never i'd never witnessed it um once again growing up like the 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 bait fish we had in the lake like they were shad but i never saw bass school that much and man we were at the at the bridge and it was probably like what two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. it was sweltering hot, and all of a sudden, like, Joe, he was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, school fish, school fish. And I look up, and man, how many fish were at that bridge? Eating? There were probably like thirty or forty. Oh my gosh! And I'm you threw in there and caught two or three. I think I caught four. Because I, I caught there was probably four or five. Because <laughs> I had a spook on, and I got like whacked four or five times, and I did not get hooked. But which is yes, it's the way it goes sometimes. But that was the first time I witnessed that, and. This lake is just, I'm so excited we're talking about it because this lake to me, for me, it's a personal challenge because it's big body of water. Like I said, I grew up not fishing very big bodies of water. I, I, this lake is like, I think it's 52 miles long. Like this lake is humongous. Then as an angler, it's definitely a personal challenge for me to want to be able to master this lake. And it's neat that you threw the Ned rig so much and we'll kind of. I think this is a good point to go ahead and jump into the Ned rig and talk about the Ned rig because something that's cool, my brother-in-law, shout out to Sanders Gillespie, he is a trout fisherman. And the other week, he was actually going to Lake Hartwood to hang out with some friends at a lake house. He's like, hey, man, I just bought a bass fishing rod. Um, What's the rig you recommend? I was like, hey, I was like, I would personally fish a Ned rig. Like, I love that rig. I love the colors that it offers for clear water. I just love feeling that weight. It's just, it's just in, on a rocky lake, I just love the Ned rig. And he went out and caught his first ever bass on a uh, Ned rig. That's awesome. you know, and it felt awesome just to be able to to, to tell a trout fisherman <laughs> how to, and it made sense to me, though, because, like, trout fishing is crazy finessey, and then Ned rig, finessey. But what I like about the Ned rig, though, is as a finesse fisherman, like with the drop shot, sometimes I can feel like I'm almost fishing too light. With a Ned rig, I never feel that way. I think because of the way the weight sits in the water, the way I'm smacking the bottom of the lake, I always feel like there's tension. Like I'm always ready for a bite. Does that make sense? I guess.
1: You know the way that I fish it. If y'all ever watch me fish a Ned rig, I actually fish it really aggressively, which would make sense because that's how I like to fish. But yeah, and uh, when I went out on Thursday, um, I was. It was almost like I was. Fishing a square bill. Um, I was moving it really fast along the bottom. And that's how I got a bunch of my bites. So um, definitely it can be fished many different ways. Um, You can just let it sit. I mean, it's literally, you can just let it sit on the bottom and you'll catch fish. Or you can move it slowly, catch fish. You could literally swim it. I've caught fish when I'm literally swimming a Ned rig.
0: I haven't done that. Wow. That's amazing. And I will say one thing about me that people laugh at me, and actually people have told me that that's stupid. Um, and I've told them how I fish the Ned Rig. I fish a full-size 7-inch Senko, um, which is super unorthodox. Because um, you usually guys fish with like 3- to 4-inch. use a
1: 7-inch Senko? Oh, yeah, brother. Are you sure,
0: are you sure it's not a 5-inch it, Senko? It's 7-inch, brother. Wow. Oh, yeah. It could, but you've seen it work. I have. <laughs> you saw it work last, like, last Monday we were fishing Lake Lyman. I could not buy a bite. I missed so many hook sets. And then we go to this grass mat and I start throwing a net rig and I think I caught five or six fish off that grass mat on that net rig. Yeah. And I love throwing So the Gary Yamamoto seven inch, um, watermelon lemon lime color. That's like my, that's like my go-to color. I, I fished it in Kiwi last year, caught him on the net rig. I fished him in Hartwell and caught him on the net rig. I just love that color. I, I love that bright color in clear water. And I still like it also in a little bit dingy water too. Um, but yeah, it's kind of orthodox, and I actually told a fellow fisherman uh, one time, I was like, yeah, this is how I fish the Ned Rig. And mean that means, like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, why do you do that? And so far, it's catching me fish. Now, if I fish a shorter worm, maybe I'd do better. But I, I that's just the way I fish it. Um, so, w- with the Ned Rig, because I'm a finesse fisherman. We talked about this last week. It's, it's weird, though, because wasn't it originally for smallmouth fishing? Like a lot of people use it for smallmouth, right? And, and it works really well. Would you say it's starting to get more popular with spots and largemouth
1: in the south? or Definitely. Yeah. I think a lot of people are uh, kind of being more open to it. Um, maybe they think it's too small or whatever, but it it will get bit. Like you, and you'll catch. Like I think when it was, when was it? It was like two months ago. Fish the largemouth were betting, um, and I caught a six pounder on an Ed rig and the week before, I caught a five and a half pounder on a Ned rig, and it's it's that simple. You just toss it in their bed, and they will destroy it.
0: Do you think it's you think it's so effective because it's just a different presentation than fish I've seen in the South the last few years?
1: What I've heard is that if you use a Ned rig that is more of like a cinco style, where it doesn't have any like legs or uh, pinchers on it, yeah. then it's less of a threat to bass, and they see it as an easy meal. Um, that's why it gets bit as well as it does.
0: That's a great point. Like like a very defensive, like defenseless bait. That's a great point. It's interesting that you say that because, so Jason Christie, um, he said so many guys come to Hartwell and they pitch docks with wacky worms. And he was like, I've got to get away from the normal presentation. And I think that's what the net rig is is becoming so effective because, like, I mean, yeah, guys fishing for smallmouth, but down here, I mean, like, you start throwing something that looks completely different. You're on to something because, I mean, I mean, how many times have a bass just seen through the years? I mean, just the same old, same old. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I did look up, too, is I thought it was just interesting to kind of do this. Um, I looked up the lake records for Lake Hartwell by the species. Um, and so the state record for South Carolina was caught on a Lake Marion or is it Moultrie?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Marion.
0: And it was like 16. 16- I think 16.8. I think 16.8, yeah. So, Of course, I was thinking, like, oh, the bass in Hartwell's got to be close to that. Well, the the largemouth bass record, which this is not a small bass, the one that I found said uh, 12-pound, 6-ounce bass, which is bigger than, that's probably 4 pounds bigger than my PB. Yeah,
1: that's a massive
0: bass. Oh, my gosh. that's, That's a trophy. Freaking huge. It was caught by Jack Brashears in 1976, which is also neat to think about. You know there are giant bass sitting in the bottom of that lake right now. But no one has caught the record to break that since 76. Like, you think the guys that fished that lake, someone would have caught one by now. And someone maybe has, they just didn't get an official weight. But it's just neat when you look at – because, like, there's there's brand new records. So, in 2022, the Black Crappie record was broken by Jimmy Burns. This happened in actually – I think it's happened in May or April this year. Which is – this is funny, though. The Black Crappie – guess what the record is. Just guess. What do you think? In South Carolina? Like, for the – Lake Hartwell. For Lake Hartwell. Uh – Dude, I don't even know. I don't. I don't crappy fish that much. Because, because the state record's like five pounds something. That's insane. Yes. So the the lake record's only three pounds. Like it's barely over three pounds. Like I've caught a three pound crappie before. That's wow. that is a massive crappie. It, it is, but you think it'd be bigger. Yeah. At least I think. it Because be.
1: the size of the lake. I mean, people say that, uh, especially bass, grow to the size of their like environment.
0: Yeah.
1: And Lake Hartwell is massive. You know there are massive fish in there. There's yeah. big crappie. There's big catfish, but it's just a matter of catching them. Right.
0: Now, the spot, the spotted bass record to me, which is very impressive, was caught by uh, Raleigh Bleach in 07, which is not long ago. Five pounds, six ounces. That is a ginormous spotted bass. I would love to see a picture of that thing. That thing is probably a butterball.
1: But if you compare that record. To like California. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, they catch like eleven pounders there. Like spots? Yes.
0: Why is that just a different strain of spots? I guess. I don't even know, dude. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause so so I kn- I didn't know a spotted bass was a thing until I fished. I believe it was Kiwi when I was like in middle school or high school, and I caught a spotted bass. I didn't know what it was because where I'm from, like. You- that's not a thing, man. Like, it's largemouth all the way. And, like, I have it pulled up here for red-eye bass. I didn't know what a red-eye bass was until I moved here. And the red-eye bass record is 3 pounds 7 ounce, which I guess they run smaller. Yeah. I've caught one ever, and it was probably a pound. And really? it was out of the Saluda river. Oh, I, I have yet to catch one. Um, what is neat, though, this is still staying in the bass family. The striped bass record was caught by Terry McConnell in 02. It was 59 pounds 8 ounces. That's insane for and a th- freshwater striped. And listen to the hybrid record, bro. 20 pounds, one ounce, caught by Buster Green, they don't have a year for it. But what? That That's massive. That That is bigger than any
1: hybrid I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Like, that's insanely massive. I still have yet to catch a striper or a hybrid. I'm, I've seen them school on Hartwell like crazy. Because you said the other morning when you went, that's what was schooling mainly. Yes. Did you throw in on them and try to catch them? I did. Them? And they, it's like they
1: just went up to the surface and went straight back down. Hmm.
0: You scared them off with your awesome spook, I guess. <laughs>
1: I guess so. Dude, but if you want to catch hybrids or stripers, I can take you. I, can, I know I know places. Yeah,
0: Joe Bontrager has figured out the sauce, the secret sauce for uh, catching stripers and hybrids. And uh it's only gonna cost you two hundred bucks a pop. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, Joe Joe has honed in on some on some stuff for sure. And I mean, I was impressed Joe went out last Thursday. I mean, he fished for a while, but he caught seven bass and lost four. I mean, that's that's a good day in my book, and I think if we were together, we probably could have broken into the 15 16s yeah. as far as the bass goes. And I did lose my biggest bass um, on the Ned rig. I, I actually threw up, like,
1: it was someone's front yard, and they had, like, a beach, and I almost casted, like, on the shore um, with the Nedrig, and I was just bringing it back. I was actually working it pretty slow, um, and I hooked. It was probably two pounds, two and a half pounds, because um, I actually saw it, it jumped and spit the hook, but... Um, lost my biggest one, which, you know, thankfully it wasn't a massive fish or anything, but.
0: So let's, let's kind of go into detail, Joe. Let's kind of explain to people. We've got probably, we've got about three minutes here till we got to kind of cut off, but let's try to, Joe, can you try to explain to the people what a Ned Rig is, like why you would want to fish it and where you would fish it?
1: Um. So a Ned Rig is, I think its main purpose, why it was made is to be a finesse style bait. So you're going to, most people are going to be wanting to fish it slow, um, and another another reason it works so well is because the way they designed it, it sits on its like the jig head. It's almost like upside down. Like imagine um, when you are swimming a swim bait, it's going through horizontal. This sits vertically, so the the weight is at the bottom, and it's sitting um, up like the plastic is whatever plastic you put on there is uh, sitting straight up. And you can put, like, craws on there. You can put Senkos on there. You can put, um, like, Z-Man and a bunch of other companies come out with, like, uh, I think it's a TRD It's what they call it. And it, and it will uh, sit straight up. Um, and it's, like, a three or four inch. It looks like a Senko, but it's not. Right. Um, and you can fish it deep, shallow. Fish it anywhere, um, I feel like the best time a day to use it is probably when the bite's gonna be a little tougher. So, like in the middle of the day, um, that's personally when I would most likely use it, um, unless the bite is just like not there. And then I'm probably gonna be using it all day. Well, um, um,
0: what's your, like, what was your, what uh, wow, whoa, stut- stut- stuttering problems. Whoa. What color were you using um, on uh, Thursday?
1: So it, I'm pretty sure it was more like a blue go color. It had brown on one side and like a bright green on the other. It was like literally half and half. And it was only about three inches. Um, and I was using like a three sixteen ounce.
0: Okay. Uh, Rig head. Okay. Wait, what brand of bait was that? What's the sink?
1: It was actually, uh, Cabela's or it was like Bass Pro. Oh.
0: All right. Well, Hey folks, we've got about 45 seconds left. Um, we just can't thank you guys enough again for listening to the first episode. We're going to try to shell these out every two weeks. Um, and we're gonna, I, I promise you we're going to have content on the YouTube channel soon. So uh, keep listening to Spotify. Keep listening to Apple Podcasts. Go to Anchor.fm. We're going to have subscriptions soon um, on Anchor.fm. But please, guys, just go ahead and just rate us. Give us a rating. That would help so much. Um, thank you guys so much. I'll let Joe finish out. But uh, on my end, just God bless and happy July 4th.
1: Yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate you so much for listening. Uh, Thanks to everyone that takes time out of their day uh, to listen to us talk about fishing and um, all the other stuff that we're going to be talking about. Um, But we appreciate it. See you guys.